You are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you. How was your President's Day weekend? Hope it went well. How the heck are you? We are Miller and Moulton. This is the Florida Sports Network. Florida Sports Network. Dot com. Top of the morning to you, Mark. How was your your day off? My day off was spent with my daughter, who had the day off as well. So, I mean, I was, you know, Mr. Mom just continued from a so- soccer tournament on Saturday to a rained-out tournament on Sunday to full-on Mr. Mom yesterday. I, dad and daughter, awesome weekend. Did you draw the line at about 4, 4.30 and say, listen, young lady, You've had my attention for the better part of four days. There's this thing called the Daytona 500. Grab your M&Ms and sit in front of the TV, young lady. She's a little bummed out about the whole NASCAR thing. M&M leaving as a sponsor has has brought her down, but she still roots for her guy. So she's still a Kyle Busch guy. Still a Kyle Busch fan. And she doesn't realize now that she's actually rooting for the old guy. It's all right. I mean, he's, he's her her the dad's the old left. guy. Why shouldn't she root for the old guy? Well, it, that's true. That's true. But you know, usually the kids and they see M&Ms, you think it would have been one of those young whippersnappers. And instead it was Kyle Busch. He's got to be, what, almost 40 now. David, I got so into NASCAR this weekend. There is a, is it full speed? There's a Netflix series on last year's playoff that Dale Earnhardt Jr. produced. Okay. I'm watching that with all the rainouts and nothing going on Sunday. I found myself watching Sunday morning. I'm watching a NASCAR documentary to get ready for the race on Monday. These are words you never thought you would hear uttered out of my mouth. I love it. I love it. That's exactly what NASCAR was hoping for right there. Netflix documentary leading right into it. Worked with F1. Maybe it can work with NASCAR also. Well, I got to admit, I found myself rooting. It's the old guy in me. Because, you know, you and I are Ross Chastain guys. Yep. You know, he's he's from the, well, we consider him the 239. I don't know if technically he is. I think Alva's just outside it. But... You know, I mean, when he was making his way up, we had, you know, we had a cell. He came on regularly. Hell, we had him when he was, like, doing testing in Vegas, even. You know, and he would tape interviews with us at all times. Now, of course, he's a star. And, you know, we... We still have his cell number. He just ignores us. Right. Either that or he's changed it. But, yeah, now we, we can't get near him. See, he used to handle his own media. Now he's, you know... He's got a company to do that, and, well, it's a problem. But anyway, we're not going to hold that against him. We like him. He's fun. He's different. We like that. So we're rooting for Chastain in every race. But I got to admit, Mark, you know me and the whole every the everybody should have a parade, and I hate it when legendary drivers end up calling it a career and they don't have Daytona. You know, Rusty Wallace, who was my guy, you know, Mark Martin, uh, you know, Tony Stewart, 
I mean, come on. You know, there's a lot of luck involved in winning the Daytona 500. It's like, come on, racing gods. You know, you, you couldn't have allowed those guys to have one. Although Tony Stewart did kill a guy. So, you know, maybe, maybe the racing gods said, listen, we didn't put you in jail, so we're not giving you Daytona. I don't know. You and I seem to be the only people that, who remember that. Exactly. It's like me with Matthew Broderick. Okay. You know, the, but anyway. So, you know, Kyle Bush has won everything three times, for goodness sakes. And he hasn't won Daytona. And I got to admit, Mark, I found myself, I was rooting just as hard for Kyle Bush, maybe even harder at times than Chastain. And then when he got caught up in the big one with eight laps to go, I'm like, eh, eh. Although he actually moved up 17 spots. They restarted. He was like seventh. I'm like, huh. But so did you, uh, did you agree with the move that Ross tried to make? Look at you're really asking the wrong, and I'm not trying to deflect, but I'm not a NASCAR guy. I'm not a NASCAR expert. I saw a guy who always races hard, who is mm-hmm. always trying to win, do what he always does, and I think it was Kaslowski hit him, and that was the end. I loved the move as someone who likes anybody who goes for it in any sport. I, I don't know what choice he had. If he sits back, he's not going to win. He had to pick a spot. They had a good run on the outside, as the guys like to say there. You got a good push, David. Um, and it looked like he had an opportunity to slingshot his way in there and, and got hit. Everything you just said I agree with. For those that said Ross didn't have to try that there, the problem is if he checks up just slightly and settles in, all right, that's the end of his run. Now we're in the final lap. Got to do it again. And also, he's got the opening down low. If he checks up, that opening in about five seconds is going to disappear because then because that row of cars was coming too. So I agree. That was his moment. Kevin Harvick said it simply. If he makes it through there, he wins. And if it's good enough for Kevin Harvick, it's good enough for me. I thought he was good, by the way. I thought he was good. Okay, lacks a little energy. Okay, and I thought that Boyer, who's usually very energetic, energy came down. I mean, they became very analytical about Daytona, which was fine. It's a smart race. Okay, and I enjoyed it. I thought he was good. I'm curious if he's going to get a little more energetic. I watched the last hour, hour and a half without volume. Gotcha. At Daughter's Gymnastics. I was watching on the phone. I was that guy. I had a fist pump. I'm rooting for Ross. Did you stand up when they wrecked or something like that? Were you that guy in which it's quiet and all of it? And, you know, there's the sounds of the gymnasts and a couple of moms talking. And then all of a sudden, did you stand up and go, oh! I was, um, we were leaving. It, it was over. Uh, you heard, gymnastics ends at 8 o'clock. I'm walking out the door holding my phone, and, well, my daughter heard a word that sh- I'm not supposed to say in front of her because it was an all-blank Ross right. crashed. Right. And she went, oh, that's your guy. I'm like, yeah. And then she responded with, how'd my guy do? Well, not as not very good. He didn't, you know, he no. didn't. No. 
He was doing well, but then he wasn't. That's sorry. That's Daytona. Three big sorry. wrecks, one early, a couple late, one on the very last lap that determined the race. And William Byron, the guy who learned how to race on a computer, wins the Daytona 500. He's also the guy who caused the second wreck. He's the one who who tapped Keselowski and then took out Logano and took out 20 cars. That was Byron. So, cause the second wreck, benefit by the third, and win Daytona. All right. But you've said it. We know it. If you watch this type of racing, you need a lot of luck to win a restrictor plate race. That, that's totally. all there is to it. It's Because totally. you know there's going to be at least one big one. Right. It's just a matter of you going to get caught up in it or not. And the odds are, if you're near the front, you're not going to get caught up in it. So, of course, Logano and Keselowski were second and third with eight laps to go when they got caught up with it. I mean, it's just, it's Daytona. Funny thing is, you got people that, you know, only got home a little while ago. Because I think it's like an ARCA series race. You know, they didn't start that till after the 500. And I have to admit, if we had tickets, we would have stayed. Because it's not like you could leave. I mean, you can't get out of there. It's it's literally a parking lot. So you might as well just sit and watch a race while two-thirds of the parking lot leaves. And then when your race is done, okay, we'll go home. Arca race done? Yeah, it's 11 o'clock. Oh, okay. Let's head to the car. So, there you go. It's one of... Uh, it's one of the two days a year that America stops what they're doing and then watches a little racing. You know, I, I think good for them. They got it on a Monday night. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I think it worked out okay. You know, a lot of people wanting the Super Bowl to be the Sunday of President's Day weekend so that we can all do our thing and then, you know, have the next day off. Don't know if that'll ever happen. I think there's a chance if we go back, we did it for like one or two seasons back in the day. If we ever have a double buy, if they go to 18 games, which we all think in the early 2030s they will, will the players then get a double buy? And will that push it back, you know, so that... The well, Super I think Bowl with all the European to- expansion, David, you'll need the double buy by then. <laughs> Oh, boy. So there you go. That's it. You know, and then, then we'll we'll talk racing again around the Indy 500. Probably the last year that's on NBC. Apparently that's going to Fox 2. Thank goodness, because Fox knows how to cover racing. And NBC sucks. Did I say that out loud? I will say, you know, those that complain about the commercial on NBC, there were a lot of commercials last night during green green flag racing. Well, and they did do a lot of, you know, the double box and what have you. And they were nice enough with 28 laps to go to give us the history of Toyota Motors, which I thought was a really nice little interlude because I I cared. And by caring, I didn't care at all. Lisa gave us the last 25 laps. I mean, and the two wrecks and what have you. They gave us that commercial free. I mean, they went commercial free for like an hour. But you're right. They they jammed it in. They, I mean, the Wendy's and the Toyota, I mean, those were infomercials. Those were like off-Broadway routines that, that became infomercials. It was like, okay, I just, 
just it's it's a burger in a bag. We got it. Wendy's, right, right. Yes, Toyota. We know it is. We've sold more Toyotas in this country than any other manufacturer for thirty years. We got it. Back to the racing, already in progress. Great show lined up for you after a President's Day weekend. David Sampson will join us. Ron Syrek will join us in the 7 o'clock hour as well. Brad Gilly to talk some NASCAR. And Brendan Stroud, who is a senior guard for USF. They had a nice little win over FAU over the weekend, David. That was two games in one. Up 25, up one. Holding on for dear life. All within about eight minutes. But hey, that's a W on the board, baby. They're on the precipice of being ranked. They ain't never been ranked before. Miller and Moulton, hope you had a great holiday weekend. Thanks for starting your Tuesday with us. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-one minutes past the hour. Great show lined up for you, David Sampson, at the top of the hour, and that just gets things started. Ron Syrick, Brad Gilly, and we've been trying for weeks because we've been on the bandwagon before a lot of people were. I talk with a member of the South Florida men's basketball team. Big win Sunday against FAU in the top 30 in the nation. Will they be ranked? They've never been ranked before. On the verge. Um, Trent is back. Trent was not with us on Friday. He had to head out of town, take care of some business. First of all, Trent, did you take care of your business? Everything good? Yep, all good. Nothing to report, which is good. No news is good news. That's right. Okay. Now, secondly, you know, you like being a part of this show, but we've incorporated your family and friends into the show at times. And so when you fly, quote unquote, home to be around said family and friends, we wonder, does grief come with it? Have we stepped over the line? What did you hear about this weekend that we need to talk about? Nothing bad. Just uh-huh. my family just thinks it's funny that I can't. Hey, I can talk about a certain team now, can I? Maybe. Yeah. If it's necessary. If it's necessary. Which it's Which, not. No. Nope. And it won't be really until 2030 at the earliest. You got that right. But anyways, yes. No, it's it's all positive stuff, believe so, it or not. So the girlfriends, first off, are the girlfriends still the girlfriends? Your brother's girlfriends still the girlfriends? Yes, sir. Okay. And and so they made it through the whole who got playoff tickets and who didn't. and, and that. So there's no fallout from that. They braved the storm, yes. Okay, all right. Good to know. Okay, in Valentine's Day, nobody screwed up? Correct. You know, we, get, we gave a tutorial in Valentine's Day for a couple of weeks here. So, all right. All right. I'm, I'm amazed, Mark. I didn't think we could be part of somebody's life for 10, 11, 12 weeks and have them not get blowback. No, I, I, I was pretty confident. Huh. I was pretty confident. Well, see, you know Dad. You know, Dad. And, so I guess and, you, and this you one's exactly, this one's pretty much just like his old man. There's not much that bothers the old man. There's not much that bothers Trent. So, 
when you were growing up with his dad, he was as happy as a teen as Trent is now? Pretty much. Wow. Yeah, Donnie was all, Donnie's always been a great guy, just a, a happy, go-lucky person that you want to be around, much like Trent is. You and I don't have that vibe. I'm literally thinking, right, I am going through the Rolodex of every meaningful person that was in my life. And unless we get to talk about my grandparents, I didn't have anybody in my life that was as happy and go lucky as Trent. That explains a lot. Yes, it does. It's also why my grandparents stood out so much. Many people are always happy. So this is what love is? <laughs> my grandfather woke up every day. He was so happy to be alive. I literally, I'd be 15 years old. I'd look at him. I'd be like, what the hell are you so happy for? He'd look at me like, it's a great day. And I would say, prove it. Surprised your grandfather didn't use the Harbaugh line on you. Who's got it better than us? I, You know what? He he probably had some derivative of it. We just, you know, he wasn't winning games as a coach, so we couldn't publicize it. But he was so different from my mother. I literally would look at her. I'd look at him. I'd go, are you sure you two are related? Because needless to say, got my sarcasm, got my snark from my mother. My grandfather didn't have any of that. My grandmother had a little bit of the sarcasm. It was very quiet, though. You had to listen closely. But anyway. All right. Well, that's good to know, Trent. All right. We're back at it. I will say, your daughter has your sarcasm. <laughs> and snark. <laughs> she does. And I try now <sighs> to I, – I have, I have done a really good job of eliminating road rage from my life. When someone cuts me off, I don't yell. You and I have had similar philosophies that everybody's packing heat these days, but it doesn't prevent some people from still yelling, Mm -hmm. you know, without hitting the horn and getting all agitated. I have now started doing play-by-play of bad drivers. Oh. That's my way to not get angry. Oh, look at that. He cut right in front of me, hit his brakes, and he's going to turn at the next signal. Well, isn't that special? Things like that. And I went through 30 to 35 seconds with the daughter in the car of doing play-by-play as we were driving to our soccer tournament on Saturday morning. And I'm doing play-by-play in the car, and the daughter just, there's a pause for about three seconds, and the daughter says, sarcasm, Dad? 100%, (laughs) sweetie. Thought so. There you go. So, you know, Trent just got happy all the time. Poor Maddie is getting sarcasm all the time. Sarcasm and snark while driving around. Listen, it has served Trent well, but I think that uh, sarcasm and snark can serve you well also. So it's a big, bad world out there. You need to be multidimensional. You're right. Um, All right, a couple of quick things here. Starting five coming up in a few minutes. And then David Sampson at the top of the hour. So um, are we going to have to get rid of handshake lines? We had another incident last night, Southland Conference. Uh, Bad one, Uh, I got to admit. Okay, this is this is kind of like, you know, you don't see much fighting in hockey anymore. And then when you actually see a really good one, you're like, oh, 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 oh. all right. We, we had uh, we had a scene last night. Coaches, players, oh, student managers, a fan got hurt because it went from one side of the court to the other. All right. You know, you think it's done. And then two players go running at two others. And oh, no, it was it was not good. I, there's just there's no way to sugarcoat this, put a smiley face on this. This was bad. 
All right. This was, I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, well, he doesn't play anymore and he doesn't play anymore and he doesn't play anymore. I mean, for, I mean, for the rest of the year, no, no, you gone, you gone, you gone. So just curious, you know, we, seems like, you know, we've had coaches, you know, barking at each other in the handshake line. And just, I think instead of getting rid of the handshake line, we should double down on it and go, here's the deal. You all need to learn how to behave. And if not, we're going to have very serious penalties. I love that idea. The fact that we have numerous college basketball games. How many college basketball games are played in a week? A few hundred? Oh, uh, easily. You got 350 right. uh, teams. Right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, you know, there's, oh, yeah, there's, a, there's 100 games played a week oh, oh, minimum. There's 500. There's 500. Well, men. there's 500 men's games, never mind women's. Yeah. There's a thousand games men and women played a week. There really is. And we have one incident, so now we're going to take the handshake lines away because people are idiots. I'm not for that. I'm for we might take a program away if they can't act the right way in a handshake line. We might suspend players and coaches and teams. But what the hell are we teaching if we can't get guys to shake hands I mean, if, if these coaches, I'm not even going to play the damn student-athlete game, but if these coaches are coaching young men. And women. And women. Well, we've had a couple yeah, of we, we had with a, women. We had a fight right. in a women's game a couple weeks ago, not on the handshake right. line, more during the game, I believe, than it was the handshake line, but we've definitely had incidents. But if we can't and, teach them to be respectful for 30 seconds, uh-huh. then what, what the hell are we doing here, David? I completely agree. I'm doubling down on the handshake line. Absolutely. Besides, it's not even a handshake anymore. I mean, it's a fist bump. Because there's nothing worse than the wet fish. Uh, let me tell you. And, and Joe Buck knows how much I hate the wet fish. Okay. And he'll surprise me. He'll come around the corner. He'll go, hey, Multi. Okay. And I'll turn around. He sticks his hand out. And it looks like it's going to be the real thing. And I do it. And I get the dead fish. Next, oh, I hate that itch. Next time you just break his hand. You grip down as hard as you possibly can. And you look him dead in the eye, and Buck will never give you a wet fish again. That's how you end that. It's very simple. Miller and Moulton. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes until David Sampson joins us at the top of the hour. Thanks so much. For being with us hope you had a nice president's day weekend it's going to be like the last day that are we taking good friday off or no because if we don't take it off we're like going to like memorial day i mean we're we're, we're like pulling a pat Kerwin here you guys are well you got your golf event all right I, i'm taking deal. two days off in march i do every right. year it's an, it's an elevated event just like on the pga tour <laughs> Okay, it's a full field, <laughs> elevated event. We, we understand that. That's a biggie. Uh, World golf ranking points and everything. Well we played, understand. David. Well played. <laughs> Not a major, but to you, it's the fifth major. We got it. So, though, no, that's I, – I don't even – that doesn't count, Mark. That doesn't count. So, why don't you take off Good Friday and Trent and I will work? Um, uh, we'll see. 
You know, that's where Moulton and where Miller and Moulton have come to because it's really to the point where we could take a day off. One of us could take a day off, and I have a golf tournament that I'm playing golf for two days. That's there's right. a reason there. But for David to just take a day off, it's like, why? So I sleep an extra hour and a half. Exactly. I know. I woke up at six thirty yesterday. I'm like, wow, sleeping in, are we? All right. Let's do this. Time for the starting five. Five stories you need to know. It's the starting five on Miller and Moulton. Here's number one. Daytona 500. Pushed back a day because of rain. But once they got it underway, it's pretty good. You knew the big one was coming. Hell, Clint Boyer and Kevin Harvick. For 20 laps, they're like, uh, this ain't going to work out. Uh, they're three wide already. 25 laps ago. Oh, boy. This is going to be a problem. And uh, with eight laps to go, it was a problem. All right. Here's the funny thing, though. You know who's the guy that actually caused the wreck? William Byron. And because of it, you know who was second when they restarted with four laps to go? William Byron. And uh, he was in the lead as they were crossing the start-finish line with one lap to go. Ross Chastain, who was behind William Byron, made a dash down low. He gets clipped. All heck breaks loose. And uh, that's it. The caution didn't come out until Byron had crossed the start-finish line. So they were on the final lap. So that's it. So, um, you know, William Byron wins the Daytona 500. Alex Bowman second. Kyle Busch, who's never won this sucker, finished 12th. Chase Elliott 14th. Ross finished 21st. Joey Logano, who was on the pole and who had the best car. I mean, he did it at 45 laps. If he doesn't get caught up in a wreck, he's going to win. Uh, he finished 32nd. That's how it works at Daytona. Doesn't matter if you have the best car. It's where are you when the big wreck happens? Gano was in second. He got taken out. Because that's how it can work at Daytona. Front of the pack, middle of the pack, pack. You just don't know where or when. So uh, there you go. Um, The biggest news that came out of Daytona, though, actually occurred Sunday. Don't know how many of you caught this. All the NASCAR teams huddled up. They've had two years of negotiations with NASCAR. It's not going well. NASCAR has kept them at a distance. The teams are like, listen, we're having trouble making money. You guys are making a fortune. We understand it's a benevolent dictatorship, but you got to loosen up the purse strings a little bit. We got to share the money a little more equitably. And NASCAR's like, yeah, I don't think so. And, and since they own every track that the races are on, they nearly every track, they kind of determine how things are run. They own 13 of the tracks, which hold 18 of the 36 races. So NASCAR literally owns half of the circuit. Well, anyway, the other NASCAR teams, first off, they have ended their like exclusive negotiating window. They're like, well, okay, if you're going to play hardball, I guess we can play hardball too. Mark, they hired Joel Kessler, 
That probably doesn't do anything for you because you don't see him on billboards or anything. Yeah, he's the number one antitrust lawyer in the country. Ask the NCAA about Joel Kessler. Yeah, the reason that college sports looks the way it does right now as opposed to the way it did 15 years ago, Joel Kessler and every race team in NASCAR, every single one, signed on to hire Joel Kessler. This is going to get very interesting if NASCAR continues to say, here's your four shekels and be thankful. I mean, somebody wrote something yesterday, Mark, that said we're a long ways from it. But this is exactly what happened to IndyCar 35 years ago. Hmm. That wasn't good. No. Sports never recovered, David. No. Uh, The current charter agreement, by the way, ends at the end of this season. So could we have a strike, a lockout? I, I don't know. At the end of this year, there's no agreement between the race teams and the race circuit. And the race teams have said, listen, we're not trying to start our own thing. They literally came out and said, but we just need more of the pie. We're not making money. And NASCAR won't even attend meetings with the race teams, Mark. I mean, they, NASCAR won't meet with Rick Hendrick, Roger Penske, Joe. They won't even meet with them. Wow. It's an interesting tact to take in 2024. All right. NBA All-Star Weekend came and went. Here's the consensus. The game was hideous. Nearly 400 points scored. Did you catch Adam Silver? I did hear his comments. What was it? The uh... Congratulations, uh, Giannis and the East. Well, I guess you scored more points. Here you go. Yeah, that was his trophy presentation speech. Um, after the league had been pushing all year for the players to take this game a lot more seriously. And the players gave their answer. Uh Uh, The dunk contest, the the judging apparently was horrible. Uh, At least one of the finalists shouldn't have been in, according to everybody who watched. Uh, But you know what was really good? The three-point shooting. Lillard wins it. He goes back-to-back by hitting the last three of the contest. And the Sabrina Steph head-to-head. She, by the way, yes, she used the WNBA ball, but she shot at the NBA line. They were both shooting the same three-point line. And Steph had to hit the last one to beat her. Her point total tied Lillard's, who won the three-point contest. And Steph hit one more than that. So she acquitted herself very well. And so did he, obviously. Most people thought it was it was a big win for you know women's basketball, but it just the three-point contest apparently was the highlight of the weekend. All right. Uh Nets fired their head coach Jock Vaughn. Uh Kevin Ollie, former UConn coach, 10 years ago, led him to the title. He's the interim. T Wolves re-signed 36-year-old point guard Mike Conley to a very affordable two-year, $21 million extension. 
Don't you like it when a guy can make $10.5 million a year and it's affordable? College Hoops. One-ranked team in action last night. Second-ranked Houston over sixth-ranked Iowa State. It was more mud wrestling than basketball, 73-65. Mark, did you see what Vatek did to Virginia? Destroyed them. They did to Virginia what Virginia has done to others. I mean, it was a 20-something nothing to run in the first half. 75-41. Vatek over Virginia. Uh, FAMU and Bethune both lost in state. But, Mark, the big game, Mississippi Valley State at Alabama State. Mississippi Valley State down 10 early, Mark. Mid-second half, they're down two. They're 0-25. Alabama State pulled away, won at 61-46. They're now 0-26. Last winless team in men's college basketball. Hey, the Gators are ranked. By the way, they've won eight of nine. They're ranked 24th in the AP, just outside the top 25 in the coaches' bowl. USF, who beat FAU on Sunday, they're uh, receiving votes. 31st in the AP, 29 in the coaches. So not ranked yet. And still not even within a sniff of the NCAA tournament and really not expected to be unless they win the American Conference Tournament. Got to love those ratings and rankings, huh? Uh, women's hoops, by the way, the ranking, South Carolina's number one. I mean, they are 25-0 and 0 after all. Uh, Iowa's fourth. You know, Caitlin Clark and, and all. Uh, UConn won last night. That's win number 1203 for Gino. That moves them ahead of Coach K. He's second on the all-time win list. Uh, Stanford's uh, Tara Vandermeer's got like six more. Gino announcing he's coming back next year because Paige Beckers announced at senior day that this is not going to be her last senior day and that she's coming back. So there. Can you have more than one senior day? I mean. You can these days, David. I guess you can. Yeah. You can have a COVID senior day and a regular senior day. Right. Um, Hockey. Bad loss for the Lightning. At home to Ottawa, 4-2. After getting whooped by the Panthers the game before, 9-2. A couple days prior to that, they had whooped. Um, Speaking of the Panthers, the Panthers were in first after that win. They moved ahead of the Bruins. Boston now a point ahead of Florida, but they've played one more game than the Panthers. They beat Dallas in a shootout yesterday, 4-3. Lightning are still the first wild card, but they're three points now out of third, and Toronto's got two games in hand on them also. So the Lightning are playing themselves into dangerous wild card territory. In fact, your wings are just a point behind the Lightning, I believe, with two games in hand. So there. Detroit with a 4-3 win in overtime in Seattle. Speaking of the Leafs, they doubled up St. Louis 4-2. Game of the day, though, in Minnesota. Vancouver's a 5-3 going to the third, and they scored twice and lost 10-7. That's right. The Wild scored seven in the third. That's bad playing crazy. What's the final? 10-7. 10-7. No, the hockey game. Yeah, right. Yeah, the 10-7. Game. 10-7. Late um, field goal put the put the Vikings right. out in front. 
It sounds like a football score. Speaking of football, Ravens re-signed Nelson Aguilar to a one-year extension. Did you hear what happened to Jimmy G over the holiday weekend? So uh, apparently he took a prescription. Uh, It's a PED that you're not allowed to take. And so that gets him a two-game suspension for next year. And it allows the Raiders to not just cut him, but not have to pay him. They could void his contract. That's an $11 million PED, apparently, or prescription. Uh, You can start placing the franchise tags on guys today. You can do it for the next two weeks. Free agency begins in three. So there. Uh, College sports. uh, Teresa Gould is the new Pac-12 commissioner. It sounds great on paper. The problem is there's only two teams in the conference, Washington State and Oregon State. So, um, I don't know. I mean, it looks good on the resume. I just don't know what you're going to do. It's real easy to have a meeting, though. Going to move the offices? I would hope so. I mean, to, um, you know, somewhere between. Well, basically her extra bedroom. Portland? I think just her spare bedroom in a Zoom call (laughs) is now the office of the Pac-12. And uh, uh, baseball. The Nats are no longer for sale. They've been on up on the market for two years, they decide, yeah, you know what? We'll keep them. Oh, okay. Uh, Mike Trout said, I'm not asking for a trade. Uh, not today. Meanwhile, did you hear what the Angels third baseman, Anthony Rendon said? Yes. As a matter of fact, did. he doesn't like baseball all that much, David. Well, he said it's really it's not, not a priority. A, not a priority, which has got to make the Angels feel good because they're paying them like $35 million a year. And at seven minutes before the hour, that was... That was the starting five every weekday morning at this time on Miller and Moulton. I have a feeling that might come up with David Sampson here in a handful of minutes. That's all. I mean, a lot of things are going to be brought up, but, you know, he'll make a couple movie references. You know, we'll try to match one-liners with him. That's usually how it goes. It's not a priority, though. And fortunately, oh. fortunately for David, he's made us a priority Tuesdays at 7 a.m. And he's next right here. Where else but Miller and Moulton?